Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I'm the biggest boy, Kristen Chung. Oh my God, Kristen's <laughs> back. He's back. Glorious Welcome return. Welcome for, for big back. episode 50. Oh. The big 5-0. Thanks for You've having made me it. on. Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you were so great last time talking about Christopher Evans and his great train adventure so we we had to have you back um what's funny is last time you were on we did sort of joke about how you sort of represent all women on this podcast (laughs) you still do um (laughs) and so now now you still do but maybe in a larger capacity (laughs) um Um, yeah before i mean before we get into anything i had a talk with my roommate this morning because i was like i have to i have to get some stuff off my chest about this movie that i just watched but she was just mm-hmm. like, are you the only female on this cat podcast? Like, who else is on it? I was like, it's two white boys. <laughs> <laughs> and Baby came to me, please. I need That's... your female perspective. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely need one. <laughs> I told Kristen we needed a token, and she was like, well, that's me. It's so me. I'm here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> here we are. I'm super excited we, we get a female perspective <laughs> for this one. You're so welcome. I, the female Yeah, I delta. texted John... I texted John earlier this week, and I was like, I feel like we're headed for disaster if we don't at least try. Yeah. Honestly, what would you have done if I said no? Oh, we just would have talked about like how awesome dudes are and how how great it is to be a man would, in yeah. society. We probably just would have reviewed Joker again, honestly. <laughs> it would have devolved into Joker, for sure. Could, yeah. could, I pitch, could I pitch the next time if I'm like busy or uh, I say no for some reason? one of you just pretends to be a girl yeah like you don't have absolutely. a separate yeah mic, don't have like a whole other account just it's you and then yeah. you just have a separate voice <laughs> i can for do a that girl. yeah that would be like jk rowling's worst nightmare yeah. <laughs> just the the men they're putting on wigs and they're going yes. on to podcasts pretending to be women and that's why that will be our harry potter episode oh my god absolutely yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited to have Kristen on this episode. I think I had a completely different reaction from the girl I watched with, my girlfriend. So I do think <gasps> a, a girl perspective is huge for this one specifically. Another female perspective. I would love hey, John, to hear yes. her thoughts. A woman perspective. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think she had a lot of thoughts about it. She just didn't want to be on this. She's waiting for the big episode to be on i feel like she she wants a movie she can really talk about she said so i think okay so I think sure. for that one then it should just be uh your girlfriend what's her name mariam mariam and me and you guys just aren't here okay yeah i'm down 100 <laughs> big big girl movies spinoff yeah. big girl movies i like it um tom and chat says she's waiting for the shrek upright and yes she is waiting for shrek shrek 2 she said Shrek, the fourth Shrek's her favorite, so probably that one. Yeah. Wow. While you're watching the Snyder Cut for four hours, she's going to marathon all the Shrek yeah. movies. <laughs> and exactly. that's class. Oh, I can't believe that me and BB are going to have to watch a four-hour film for this podcast that isn't directed oh, by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> it's, it's longer than Martin Scorsese's big time. It's oh, yeah. Zack Snyder's four-hour Batman bonanza. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's what oh. the people want occasionally on this podcast we talk about movies that we have watched um so uh i wanted to talk about the movies that we watched in this last week besides promising young woman which we are going to be reviewing 
uh, and Kristen, I believe you said you had something that you watched uh, outside of our required reading. <laughs> Can I first say, it's kind of like, it's crazy that you guys find the time to watch a movie and then another movie <laughs> within a week, oh, yeah. and you put out this podcast every week. That's insane. I commend you. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I watched a movie with uh, one of my roommates, and it's not a good movie. It's an old movie. You probably don't even know it and if you know it you definitely don't remember it did you guys ever hear a movie called just my luck with Lindsay lohan and chris pine no it's that sounds familiar the, it's the absolute worst it's one of those rom-com <laughs> movies where she is blessed with like crazy good luck and he's cursed with really bad luck and then in like a freaky friday situation it flips around and he suddenly has really good luck and she has really bad luck, and they got to cope with it in weird ways. But it just reminded me that there was a time when studios would literally put out anything. <laughs> this is like this is like um, the Christmas Prince on Netflix. Oh you yeah, you know how We're Netflix familiar. is just oh, yeah. like, sure, we'll oh, do yeah. it. That's it's what just I, one of those. That's what I like about Netflix. I miss when studios used to just put out like. It's a, a bunch of just random comedies throughout the year. A bunch of nothings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It used, there was a time where studios would just be like light comedy about nothing. And now <laughs> Netflix has stepped in to, to give us that. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, in, a, in a very good way. Did you, guys, um, did you guys watch and talk about Wonder Woman? Yes. We did. Uh, our, our episode <laughs> that was cursed by the Wish Crystal. <laughs> Um, I but yeah I haven't seen it it's just it just reminds me of like the great triumphs Chris Pine had to overcome by taking all these shitty <laughs> roles like I just imagine it must be really heartbreaking for actors to have to look back at their time on these like horrible horrible movies and be like thank god I'm over that yeah, yeah. Chris Pine has a lot to be proud of for Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> wait really? he's finally made it <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's probably one of the he's probably one of the best actors in that movie. So that's true. That's one of the parts we liked about. I yeah. mean, as I stated, Wonder Woman I liked, but uh, he is one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, then I stand by what I said. I think behind Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I love. I'm looking this up on Letterboxd right now. It looks insanely cheesy. You're looking it up. It's horrible. You don't even <laughs> look at it. Oh my god. So <laughs> don't I look, John. I should watch it. It's the Ark of the Covenant. For the most. The most popular review is a five-star review, so now out I kind of want to watch it. Five? Out of five. Out of... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I really like watching really bad rom-com movies, but that one took the cake. Yeah, it was too much. Peak bad. So bad it didn't land good, it landed bad. It wasn't funny bad, no. it was just bad. <laughs> wow. What about y'all? What'd you watch? Um, I'll go next. I got two movies to talk about. Uh, so I'll talk about my first one, which is arguably not a movie. I watched uh, David Byrne's American Utopia, uh, which is a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> I was going to ask John if he'd seen this before. And then I literally, for no reason, went back and listened to an old episode of Big Boy Movies. And the very first movie you talk about is David <laughs> Byrne's wow. American Utopia. I have seen it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's David Byrne from Talking Heads, uh, which is a band that I really like from the 70s. Uh, it's his Broadway show. 
where he sings a bunch of his uh, best songs and also one of Janelle Monet's songs, which was, <laughs> I think, why Spike Lee signed on to direct it. <laughs> Just that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could see Spike Lee all over that part. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was it was good. It's just a lot of good music um, and a very bare bones sort of stage show. Yeah, um, it's fun. But yeah, it's it's funny because I think it's the Spike Lee movie I liked better this year <laughs> than the other actual movie he made. Wow. What was the yeah. other actual movie? The Five Bloods uh, on Netflix. The what? Yeah, The Five Bloods. D A Five Bloods. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I, I'm seeing it get some Oscar buzz, so you might hear okay. about it more. Yeah, John and I weren't huge fans of it. Yeah, no, but... I don't think it's my favorite Spike Lee at all. But yeah, I think I, I don't I don't really consider the David Byrne thing a movie, but I still had fun watching it. I guess. But I was like, yeah. it was a good movie. thing. I just wanted to put something on that night, and I remember David Ehrlich uh, rated it really high, and I was like. Yeah, that's that's something I can just put on and not have to like engage. I can just yeah. have David Byrne sing at me through the TV. <laughs> exactly, and it's it, like looks beautiful. Like I want that was the first my family got like a new huge ass TV, so that was the first mm-hmm. thing I watched on it, and it looked insanely beautiful on it. So I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I a lot of people really like that thing, and I like it too. But I I didn't consider it a movie myself, so didn't rank it or anything like that oh okay yeah it's just nice yeah <laughs> just a good movie hell yeah uh john did you watch anything um so i watched a movie called baby teeth um mm. which is an australian film that i watched the first half of back in december not the first half like the first 30 minutes and then something happened we had dinner or something and then we were just busy the rest of the night so i like honestly completely forgot about it until david Ehrlich's video came out where it was like number 12 or something and i was like holy shit i completely forgot to finish this movie um and i finished the rest of it and it's really really good um i still think like i think i finished it almost a week ago now but i'm still thinking about this movie all the time the soundtrack is insanely good like so good so many songs that i didn't know before that this movie introduced me to that i've just had on repeat all week um and yeah i don't think that i don't think any this movie's for everyone but it just hit it just struck a chord with me to be honest um it's yeah. sad it's quirky it's just a bunch of different things and it, i think it takes takes aspects from like a bunch of my favorite movies too so yeah, that's yeah. i do out. like the idea of you starting this movie <laughs> and your mom's just like john come down for dinner and you're like mom i'm watching baby teeth <laughs> That's basically how it went down. <laughs> well, everyone was like, it was in the living room. So everyone was like, what are you watching? Because it's like, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie. And the people in it look weird. Because <laughs> they have different hair colors. And and one of them's like a druggy homeless person, basically. Oh. So like, it's like, a it's a weird movie to walk in on. And you're like, what is this? And you're like, it's called Baby Teeth. And they're like. <laughs> it's called Art Mom. <laughs> let's just eat. Let's eat look dinner, it up. All right. I'm. I'm kind of sick of this. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend it. It's on Hulu. So, all right. I have a question. Um, yeah, yeah. Is this like is it sacrilege for me to ask who's David Ehrlich? Not at all. Okay. I didn't know until we started this podcast. <laughs> for me, David it is. Ehrlich? 
he is a he's just a movie critic that John and I both really like. Um, like like a he does these or like a YouTuber professional. No, he like he, he writes for IndieWire. Yeah, he just makes like a, uh, he makes a cool top twenty five films of the year thing every year. That's where I really uh, started to like him, and he's popular on Letterbox too. So oh, I see. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He hosts like a bunch of panels and stuff like that. And I think he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. He has, he has good taste too. I agree with most of his taste. Some so of you, it I don't, but. You, do you hold his word to be like gospel? Like sometimes I don't like <laughs> sometimes. What's funny is I was actually scrolling through his letterbox the other day. And apparently he just like, doesn't like Guillermo del Toro movies. <gasps> Um, cause I was yeah. looking through all his shit and I was like, damn, he doesn't like any of this, which is kind of crazy. Cause I really like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. So um, that's a, a space where we disagree. I mean, the fuck is this David Ehrlich guy? Where does he get off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's, that's one I definitely disagree with. Del Toro's um, freaking amazing. You should have him on the pod one day. David Ehrlich or del Toro? Cause I'd say either one would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to mention Alex roasted the hell out of me. Um, by saying why watch Shrek when she when my girlfriend lives with Lord Farquaad every day. The <gasps> listeners can't see this, but I do have like a Lord Farquaad looking haircut right now. So, <laughs> but that was a pretty good burn. Boom roasted. <laughs> Boom. Oh roasted. my god, we could get David Ehrlich and Guillermo del Toro oh. on together and have them hash oh it out. Oh my god, just that would be amazing. Destroy what each would other. Be, what would that even be? It's just David Ehrlich being like, I don't like your movie, and <laughs> Guillermo would be like. like what? <laughs> what the fuck did you say to me? He like he loses his Mexican accent and just, just becomes a normal American man. <laughs> Got called down. He talks like someone from New Jersey. <laughs> What'd you just say to me? Huh? The fuck did you say to me, hombre? Jesus. Um, uh, but yeah, I have one more film to talk about before we launch into our our main movie uh this is not a 2020 movie this was not part of my 2020 catch-up binge that i've been doing um but i watched for the first time ever the movie drive uh with ryan gosling the goose man himself and uh i really liked it it's It's not the one with chris hemsworth it's uh, the reason i watched it is one randomly somewhere someone posted a picture on twitter of Ryan Gosling, and that reminded me of Drive, a movie I'd never seen before. And so I Googled it, and then I realized that Carrie Mulligan was in that movie, and I was like, oh shit, I just watched a movie with her in it. So I was like, fuck it, I put on Drive. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked it. I just, I like car stuff, even <laughs> this oh, this movie isn't super heavy on the car stuff. Um, like the two chase scenes that are in it are, are really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a slow burn, just like I just like Ryan Gosling when he sort of stands there and doesn't say anything. It's there are a lot it's of why I like Blade Runner. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's like just Blade Runner. That you have a crush on Ryan Gosling. Who doesn't? I can admit that. I'm big enough. What's what's really fantastic is if you go on Letterboxd and look at the reviews for this movie, it's like every other review alternates. Like one review will be like this movie is like artsy, but not as good as you think it is. And then the next mo- review will be like, Ryan Gosling can smash me anytime, <laughs> anywhere. Five stars. And that's why this is a perfect movie. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's basically it. So I'm more on that end of the spectrum. I like it. That's valid. Um, I was on that side but, of the spectrum, too. I like Drive. Yeah, you guys are valid. It's, uh, yeah. 
It's a it's a good movie, and uh, Nicholas Wending Refn is also in Death Stranding, so that gets bonus points uh, from me. Gotta say, I don't like any of his other movies that I've seen. Apparently, no one does because <laughs> I looked up uh, him on Metacritic for for no reason, um, and. Drive is like in the green, everyone loves it, and then every other one of his movies is like rated so terrible. It was Gosling. It's clearly Gosling. Um, only, only um, God knows. I think that's one of only God forgives. Only God forgives. Is his other Gosling movies. This is one I've seen, and I okay. It's but I mean other movies, movie. not just other Gosling movies. <sighs> I that's the only ones they know, the only ones people know are the ones with Gosling yeah, in it. That's the, the other problem. ones. Neon the Neon Demon is one of them. Oh right, yeah. And I can't remember any of Is that the A24 movie? I think that might have been. Might that be. might have been A24. Oh. It sounds like something A24 would pick up. Um, but speaking of Metacritic, unrelated, I have a critics corner this week. <laughs> uh, last week I said it was dead and now I lied. It's resurrected. <laughs> uh, at least for this week, it's resurrected. Um, because I found a pretty choice review of Drive that I wanted to share oh with everyone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this review of Drive uh, comes from the people who didn't appreciate Ryan Gosling and his very few words that he said. Um, it comes from a user named Whirlyball. This review was sent in in 2011 when the Ball. movie came out. Whirlyball's so fun. Dude, love Whirlyball. It's, <laughs> it's the sequel to Moneyball, I'm telling you what. <laughs> That's where uh, Brad Pitt, instead of like using computers to figure out the best baseball players he just like spins a bottle and whoever it lands on is, is the baseball is his team. i thought it was gonna be like he gets his pitchers to make the ball go more whirly uh no he gets them to like put their forehead on the bat oh, and spin around really fast that's a good strap i like it <laughs> like billy bean i know you still haven't won the ring but like is this really what you want to do it's gotta be it no one's trying this it. is it the a's are going all the way this time <laughs> All right, let's um, hear this review, baby. But Whirly Ball gave Drive a zero out of 10, disappointing. Ooh. Worst movie of all time. Um, and Whirly Ball are kind of cut from the... Whirly Ball and I are sort of cut from the same cloth, as you'll see. He says, this movie is utter garbage. Definitely one of the worst of 2011. Drive, yeah. This movie drives me crazy. <laughs> waka waka. Um, me and my friend were expecting another Fast and Furious type of Why? movie, but we were totally let down by this so-called art movie. I wish this movie was called Slow, because that's what it's all about. And yes, the soundtrack is also lousy. All these European, I don't know who <laughs> artists are all over the movie. Should have had more music like Linkin Park, Korn, and Lady Gaga, or even Adele to fit in the Why? movie. Adele! Adele! That should bring oh the excitement for this the young gotta people. This has got to be a joke, right? Adele? Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, no wonder I see people leaving the cinema halfway through. Um, <laughs> because of the soundtrack? Because Lady Gaga's not in it? I don't get it. It's no Lady Gaga <laughs> in Drive. The brothers aren't singing, John. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> this band is European. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who these Europeans are. <laughs> the director's European, too. So Yeah, but guy... the movie's about America, John. It takes place in Los Angeles. Oh. So corn should be it. Ad Adele, <laughs> is Adele really the best fit for Drive? Here's the yeah. thing. I think Adele actually would have worked really well for Drive because she did James Bond, right? No, stop. That's totally different. <laughs> yeah, wait, Drive's pretty different from James Bond, right? Totally it's not like... Uh, for like a moody kind of... Yeah, Do you maybe. remember the end credits song for Drive? Because it's not like... 
<laughs> it's don't. pretty upbeat but, um, but, for the end, the way drive-ins. But that's what I'm saying. This guy wants like upbeat. They want Fast and Furious. They want Adele to sing in Fast and Furious is what they want. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, what that's what confused me is they wanted Fast and Furious and then asked for Adele. And I was like, well, I don't think those two fit together pretty well right there. Um, they, I think Adele fits anywhere. Honestly, <laughs> this is me coming out for Adele. Wow. You know what? I was wrong. I'm on BB's side. He's right. Adele okay. can do yeah. anything. Well, now I'm please. alone. I kind of want to just go to BB's side too. I... Adele, please come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Adele, come on the podcast. We're going to do a re-edit of Drive, a fan edit where you do the whole soundtrack. <laughs> of Drive. Um, <laughs> That'd be hilarious when we sat her down and she just like was watching the movie and just like freestyling music to it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie's not even called Drive, it's called Adele. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And when Carrie Mulligan comes on screen, Ryan Gosling will be like, you're not Adele. <laughs> and he'll be really upset. That's great. He could have said that, and it would have fit the movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, like, I also wanted to mention, this movie's cast is so stacked for 2011. We didn't appreciate oh, yeah. how stacked the cast is. You got... Brian yeah, Cranston, I, oh you got God, Cranston. Ron Perlman, Oscar Isaac, oh like God. all these fantastic actors right here in Drive with Ryan Gosling. God. I like that it's with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Gosling <laughs> and others. I can't wait till Ryan Gosling's like really old and he's like that old actor that's just like appearing and stuff. I do. Uh, Oh, absolutely. He's going to be like the Harrison Ford. No, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, they already like have a relation together because of Blade Runner, right? Like, yeah. They, they but could out. you imagine Ryan Gosling like doing the Harrison Ford move of just going into all the reboots of your old movies? <laughs> drive so two. Ryan Gosling like <laughs> it does Drive Two, <laughs> and he's old and. Nicholas, yeah. I don't Fuck. Know. What's the movie where he does the thing with Steve Carell? Crazy stupid love. Crazy stupid love. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love 2049. He slaps <laughs> He'll do that. But this time they're decrepit. Steve Carell's dead. Steve, Steve Carell's... <laughs> he goes to Steve Carell's funeral. <laughs> and he's like, ew, what's he wearing? Like he falls in love with Emma Stone in that movie, right? Why do they fall in love so much? Those two people. Yeah, La La Land 2 will be good. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like why in that movie. I was like, because no, it's no, no. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. Not the two of that them movie, specifically. That movie slaps i love that movie um yeah but yeah that's oh the nice guys oh i would actually be down for a nice guys yeah. too but that's just because that's a good movie yeah who wouldn't fall in love with emma stone though i agree tom especially when she's singing like she was in la la land like i'm not uh, for sure the one song she sang <laughs> um but yeah <sighs> should we get i guess i have I, I would be, I, I also watched something that relates to our producer, Marty. So. Oh, please. I figured us. I might as well bring it up because he has a new docu-series on Netflix. Ooh. Um, that, that I actually watched the first two episodes of called Pretend It's a City. Um, and it's about Fran Lebowitz and Martin Scorsese interviewing Fran Lebowitz, basically. And it's. Okay. It's Fran Lebowitz just com the first episode is Fran Lebowitz just complaining about New York and it's hilarious. Like, it's oh just, wait, it's that's just, me. Yeah, it's just her. Yeah, Mar why hasn't Marty interviewed me yeah, yet? Know, right? What the fuck, Marty? It's just her being like a grumpy old woman and it's hilarious. I loved it so much. The second episode was like not as funny, but it was still good. Um, okay. Spike Lee's in it too, but yeah, it's I'd say it's worth a just chill little watch. I was watching it while I watched. Um, or ate dinner. 
So it was nice to just put on. Wow, all right. getting interrupted for all these movies. Yeah, I know. Dinner, dinner just keeps getting in the way. I gotta stop starting Rich movies at eat. like four. John, come down, come out of the room. I'm watching Fran Leibovitz. <laughs> Mom, she said the subways are dirty in New York. It's funny. <laughs> it's relatable. Uh, yeah, I guess I also watched I'm Your Woman, which a lot of people think are slow, think is a slow movie, but I completely did. This is the most normally paced movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, and I don't understand why people think it's slow. Um, it's also a good movie. So, yeah, let's talk about Promising Young Woman. I watched a lot of movies about women this week. Good. Yeah. Broaden your horizon. We hear, no, yeah. <laughs> we hear on big boy movies respect women, and I will not hear otherwise. <laughs> I respect I throw women. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my God. And that's why I will only give Promising Young Woman five stars because I am not yes. sexist. Okay? <laughs> Anything less would be sexist. Exactly. Now, Kristen, why don't we get into our general impressions, m'lady? Oh my God. Actually, wait. Can I show you this? Um, I don't even know if like if maybe people have twitched Ooh. and seen it. I wrote notes. Oh my god! And there's Ooh, like neater than mine. I, oh, I just bumped the mic. There's no way you can see it. I'll post a picture maybe. Uh, I literally wrote down all the cringy lines that I hated, <laughs> but like made sense because it's yeah. you know like nice guys and fucking that one moment when that guy's just like m'lady and I was like I want to die. <laughs> I'm getting embarrassment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if we're going to give, like, general, like, impressions and stuff. First off, I want to say, Matt Beebe, you absolutely bamboozled me. I <laughs> hate you so much. That's fair. So when Matt came to me and asked me if I wanted to be on the podcast, he was just like, we're watching Promising Young Woman, and it has Bo Burnham attached to it. I think it would be really <laughs> cool if we can get your opinion. And I was just like, oh, my God, yeah, it's about that, like, little girl who's, like, really awkward like smart or something and funny an like yeah I'll, I'll watch it i thought it was fucking eighth grade oh my god ninth no, grade here's the thing i purchased the movie before i saw the trailer because i was that confident yeah, that it was gonna be this i was like watching that <laughs> from, from new york, york. carrie rogan looks kind of old for eighth grade huh. the second it you know it opens on that well this isn't really spoilers because it's in the trailer but like it opens with the shot of her at the bar and she's like crazy drunk i was mm. like oh my god <laughs> bb you bitch you got me i saw trailers for this movie and i did not want to watch it i like i saw the premise and just like you know blanket overview from the trailer i was like this is a horrible horrible movie who would make this like no woman would ever put herself in this sort of position. Like, it kind of, like, I, before I really watched it, I was like, it's, it feels like it's poking fun at the horrible trauma that women go through. And it's mm -hmm. just like, this is not the movie for me. Like, I don't know who this is for, but no, thank you. But then I had to watch <laughs> it because I bought it. You had already bought it. Good job, BB. Good, good pitch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. I pranked Kristen unintentional <laughs> to be fair that's also <laughs> telling her to watch the bell burnham's in it so <laughs> uh, well he's like never yeah, in anything, he's, he's not you know? yeah i was surprised to see he was in this. normally just like yeah yeah like especially telling the character that he did so mm. when I, I i will give my 
my general thought of the movie is I liked it. It okay. is good. I, I had a lot of issues with it. Like watching it, I did not like it, but going back and thinking over it and reframing what it's supposed to be. I like it, but we can talk more about that later. What did yeah. you guys think? I had the almost like the same kind of reaction and takeaway in the sense that like, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, there's no way this is good. Like, this seems like it's a plot that is not like going to take this issue seriously mm-hmm. and it's going to be like super cringy. Um, and honestly, the movie starts out in a way where I felt like my fears were confirmed. Yeah. And yeah. as the movie went on, it like started hitting more and more beats. And I was like, oh no, like this actually has something to say. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was immediately like, oh Oh no, I'm on board with this. And then <laughs> Oh no, I'm on board. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh Shoot. no, they got me. But yeah, it was it was a movie that grew on me the longer it went, and which surprised me because I was totally expecting a movie where it was just like uh, like uh, <laughs> the movie does basically say all men are terrible, but I expect them to do it in a way that was like condescending or like not nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um and like didn't give like real good perspective on like the actual issues it was ta- tackling. Uh, and I think it did. So I actually really, really liked this, um, after like stewing on it for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, initially I was definitely there where I was like, this isn't, this isn't good. (laughs) This is bad. It's definitely a movie I like stepped away from immediately and I didn't have like an immediate like opinion of it. Like I was, I didn't know where I was on it uh, when I stepped back first and had to talk about it with Miriam and stuff like that. And figure out like exactly what and read what other people thought and st- i mean and just figure out like what what the hell i thought about it like i i didn't know i ended up just like i like i enjoyed it i was entertained by it and i i, I really i i there were a lot of point a lot of things that happened that i just didn't expect i think that was a big part of my enjoyment it, it really yeah. took me on a ride like i i i agree with bb there were some things that i I was expecting the movie to do and that it just didn't end up doing those things. And I, I think that's a big positive for me in this movie. I, I really like the choices it made in a lot of places. And overall, I think it's just an enjoyable movie. And I think Bo Burnham, like I like Bo Burnham a lot. I'm a huge fan of his standups. I love eighth grade. And I did not think he would be this good in this movie, to be honest. I didn't think he's that good of an actor, but he's, he's actually pretty good at acting. So yeah, I guess by that too. <laughs> you, you can do everything. That fucking yeah, I guy. guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but those are my general impressions. Ooh. So we can head to school. Yeah. Go, go watch, watch for sure. Go watch Promising Young Woman if you haven't. Uh, that's our recommendation. And now we have to go uh, straight into the dark abyss of Spoiler Town. Um, and so immediately I will say, now that you've watched the movie and come back to the podcast, uh, this movie is effectively a series of epic pranks um especially youtube videos stitched together if this was if this movie was a youtube video it would say like epic kidnapping prank parentheses gone wrong parentheses and it would have like harry mulligan on the thumbnail being like oh my god Um, (laughs) um yeah i don't know care for my first thought was like well when i found out carrie mulligan's character is supposed to be like late 20s i really was interested in how old carrie mulligan actually is because the last movie i saw with carrie mulligan in it was called wildlife wildlife with jake gyllenhaal and she like plays a mom in it 
and like I think she she feels like she's fifty in that movie. So like I, she's supposed to be like <laughs> yeah, a mid twenties yeah, so girl. Like, she's like thirties, I think. I think like yeah, late twenties, early thirties. I was thinking late thirties you know, because like, in real life. Late- I was like, med school's behind I, I Even in her. real life, I thought she yeah. was 40 just because of the wildlife, to be honest. Like, she was just, act, like, she had to act as, like, an old time, like, a 60s mom. So, like, immediately I just think, like, oh, she's, but she's 35. So yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, she's very yeah. young. And then you, I, I assumed Bo Burnham yeah, was, no. like, 23 or something. And I was like, oh, no, he's 30. <laughs> They're both yeah. roughly the Everyone's same age. Up. Yeah. The casting felt really weird, yeah. I mean, just age-wise. Yeah. Yeah, actress, like though. like look wise, honestly, because they're yeah. cause like Bo Burnham's thirty, she's thirty five. It's just Bo Burnham yeah, looks yeah. like a child. He's just six yes. foot five, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Carrie Mulligan definitely looks older. So yeah, yeah, yeah very inter- very interesting casting, but I think it worked out in the like. I, Carrie Mulligan's a great actor, and same with Bo Burnham yeah. did great too. And I think it's like I think it's hilarious to just get a bunch of comedians to like play these douchebag guys throughout the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. and seeing familiar faces like that and seeing like Adam Brody and Christopher Mintz Plus and stuff like that. It's, oh my God, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, but we should talk about the opening scene because I feel like that's yeah. where the movie hits you immediately. Oh, yeah. I, like that's the first big decision the movie makes that I did not expect them to make. Like I, I don't know, just something like just at the end of that whole sequence when Carrie Mulligan obviously is not drunk and she's fine. It just like, I didn't expect that at all, to be honest. Uh, it's because it's because John doesn't watch trailers. That's why he was surprised. Yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know that was in the trailer. So that's yeah. why I was surprised. See, this is what you get if you don't watch trailers. You get surprised by things at the beginning of movies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that surprised me. <laughs> I really, yeah. So I like the same things that you guys were talking about of like subverting expectations. Like mm, when I saw the trailer. I was like, what is she doing? Is she murdering these guys? What's that about? What, what is murdering them going to do? What's the deal? With murdering. Murdering, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but she does it at every point, and I, I really like that the type of revenge she enacts on people isn't physical. It's all like psychological trauma or torture. Mm-hmm. But the what she does with um, the dean's daughter... Oh, yeah. yeah, you know we were talking about the <laughs> the prank. Yeah, she gets she kidnaps the dean's daughter. <laughs> yeah, big prank. That whole like her hit list of like who she's gonna come after and how she does it, I think is really brilliant. Like, I don't know where I thought the movie was going honestly because I was just like, well, we're not seeing Nina, her friend who was raped, and we're not seeing. Uh, any part of like her old school life. This is when she like just meets Bo Burnham and stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, where is this movie going? What does it even matter? But the second that the second that he comes into her life, and then we hear about all these people who kind of had a hand in her friend's demise, um, seeing how she goes through and like, you know, ruins their lives is really <laughs> like it feels great. It's a power fantasy. Like, and that's another thing I had to wrap my head around for this movie because I thought that it was like a, oh, she's seeking justice. This is like a, (laughs) I'm doing this to win for my friend. 
When in actuality, yeah. it's not. It's very much just like John Wick. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to fuck all of you and I hate all of you. Yeah, I, I'm going to say like, on that point, it, the movie in a way felt like sort of like a Tarantino revenge movie, but yeah. like not at all. Like it, it sort of subverts that too in the sense of like, she, you're right. I was expecting her to like stab these dudes or some shit. Yeah. Like yeah. that was my initial assumption. And then you realize like with the scene with Christopher Mintz Plus, she just says like, hey, you're a bad dude. And she leaves <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm a nice guy. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> my lady. McLovin. Um, <laughs> McLovin. But uh, yeah, and so that that was really interesting to see the way she was able to get revenge without actually like resorting to that physical violence, which is ultimately like what did her friend in was was physical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I also wanted to go back real quick just to address that first scene. Yes. Um, because it was something that really struck me was the movie starts off in the way that I thought the rest of the movie was going to go, where. You have these two shitty dudes in the bar and they're like, oh, women, they the our coworker didn't get a raise, but she's just got to understand. And like they don't let women on the golf course and all that. And you're like, OK, so like the super on the nose sexist writing, like obviously yeah. these dudes are the terrible ones. Um, but then we get the 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 nice guy of the group. And that's where I started to turn a little bit where I was like, OK, I kind of see like this dude initially just seems like he wants to help her out uh and then i realized like who this movie was actually going after and i was like fuck it's me uh <laughs> not not literally Baby. but <laughs> I, I this is my mission no um but it, it did it, it did in that way like it, it's like an indictment of the pathetic white dude which like i can understand i've been that guy um and i try not to be that guy but um yeah, the only thing I couldn't wrap my head around that first scene is when he calls the Uber for her and then gets in the Uber with her. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, what? Would people actually do that? Well, um, I, I think, yeah, like, not to run over your point or anything. No, no. But I don't think this is an indictment of the white man. It's like of the culture around it and the people. Because if you notice on her hit list, it's two women that are also on there. It's her friend mm -hmm. that stayed silent and the dean that helped keep, like, this kind of environment going in the school and it happens like at every turn every time we see her doing this where it's kind of like a cautionary tale like every guy has at every step of the way he could have not done what he did he could have as you said just let her go into the cab by herself mm -hmm. or if he did get into the uber with her like he could have just escorted her to her place but instead he's like oh well we're close to my place like why don't you come on down? That's like, you know, uh, <laughs> X number one or like Mark number one, I guess. Yeah. And the same thing happens with uh, the McLovin character. You know, it's like, oh, he's like, you know, really self-absorbed, but he's not doing anything yet until he's like, you know, waking her up because it's very clear he only wants her here to have yeah. sex. And even with Bo Burnham's character, when... uh they have their date and they coincidentally walk by his apartment. Like you can totally take that as I did as just like pure coincidence. Just like, I really like you. I have done everything in my power to respect you and your like the pace that you want to go with this relationship. Um, and I, you know, it's just a harmless trip upstairs and that's totally how it could be seen. But even towards the end, you know, he at every point could have helped Cassie. He could have, 
told the detective where she actually went or he could have shown some remorse when she showed the video to him, but he doesn't. It's very yeah. clear that he's like, all about me. <laughs> so I don't feel like this is a movie that's like, men are bad. It's just like a, this is what happens. This is why it happens. Like, Sorry. What, what you're saying, Kristen, is that we live in a society. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is a comment the on society. I, I told you we were going to come back to Joker. <laughs> Yeah, oh no, I completely. I I think it's Please definitely don't. like a more of a comment on the culture in general, and like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like some of those, like you're mentioning, some of those things are like so small, and they're like things that, like even in college, I feel like, like guys around me like think that's normal. Like it's just what we, I guess, think is cool, is, or think is like sly, a sly way to pick up ladies, mm -hmm. basically, right? Like yeah. it's what we're, yeah. I don't know, it's weird. It's what we're programmed to think is just like the way things are. So it it it's really interesting to look at yeah. things like that. And it like it's also uh it's funny because when you watch it, like I thought that Al would be like the shittiest, most horrible person because he's a rapist. But yeah, he's not Joe is. He's like an actual criminal. And yeah that's the thing like people do horrible things it doesn't make them villainous uh it makes the act of what he did horrible and you know disgusting and i think he should die for it <laughs> but it doesn't mean that he he himself is a bad person like he doesn't want to cheat on his wife when the stripper comes and he is trying to reform his life after college but that was all that was all possible because he got away with getting all of his shit out of his system in college and basically yeah. ruining someone else's life. So yeah. I think like another another takeaway from the movie is that like people are culpable. That doesn't mean that they are really horrible. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly, a gray area. I think one of the like things that I picked up on and what I would say does make some of these people bad almost to their core. Um because like you you're right like he's he's clearly not the worst one of that group all those like yeah. frat dudes in the cabin um but you'll notice like only one character actually legitimately apologizes in the entire movie it's the lawyer guy and even uh i guess we can jump to the end even once the fucking dude kills her he's he's going it's not my fault i didn't like i didn't mean to i i had to do it he like at n never does any of these characters say i'm sorry or yeah. like i shouldn't have done it every yeah. single one of them deflects um mm -hmm. all the way up until the big reveal of bo burnham where he's like no we were just kids and he he couldn't take responsibility yeah. mm -hmm. um and that was the thing i was like if any of these people showed remorse you might be able to feel something for them but like no they yeah. all get what they yeah. deserve as far as i'm concerned yeah, exactly yeah um because they they haven't changed really is the deal they grew up but they like they're they willing to justify changed. yeah their horrible actions to yeah you know even to this day yeah yeah it's that's I, that's what me and Miriam talked about a good amount was about joe and like what he did and how fucked up it is but like how you almost like kind of feel bad that his whole life's just fucked up because he would he, you could tell he was a, a nice guy maybe regretted it a bit but and it's scary to think like what if i did something or hurt someone like that and i don't even know it and like mm -hmm. it's gonna come back to bite me eventually like it's scary it's a scary thing to think about for sure but 
in the end, Joe still did that shit and also didn't apologize, like BB's saying, and he deserves to be punished. Right. And the difference is that, you know, I mean, I'm not here to, like, you know, stroke any of your egos or make you feel any better about, like, potentially this happening to you. But the big takeaway, not the big takeaway, a takeaway is that if this happened to you, like, you should own up to it. You should apologize. You should do what you can in your power to make it right. And that's not what any of the characters did in this movie. And that's not what anybody really does in real life because this sort of stuff can damage you and, like, seriously ruin your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So, yeah, no one said they were sorry except for the lawyer guy who was chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of wonder what she was going to hire that dude to do. Like, I'm Obviously wondering. Obviously beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that's what I yeah. was thinking. Like, is he was he going to be the one act of physical violence that she did? Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is... That that would be weird. Um, I think I think it makes sense because violence towards women, like I don't think that's what she wanted. But she can't like she can cause psychological trauma to the dean and to Madison because those things can actually happen to them, uh, potentially being raped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not so likely for a man. Not that it doesn't happen, but especially for the detective man who's like you know, working against these sorts of cases. So I feel like violence was the only thing she couldn't do. Like, there's no way she could fight him. Mm. And there's probably no way for her to have him think he was being raped. So the next best thing is hiring someone to beat the shit out of him. That makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, I... I, I, That kid was upset. I I was going to say something really horrible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No pressure to to indict yourself. Uh, but yeah, I, I, as far as just like this movie goes in general, I do like how they never like revealed f- for some of these if if it was fully psychological or if she did actually do something fucked up. Like especially with um the the woman who ever Allison Brie who she had breakfast Allison Brie's character which, Madison yeah who she had breakfast with you and you on your head wait mm-hmm. did she actually just do something really fucked up right here? Um, mm-hmm. I, I like how the movie just always had you get like it always had me guessing I, I never knew what actually happened yeah i didn't know what was coming next and i in that way i think it was really good writing um so yeah and in the sense that this movie is i think really well constructed yeah. if we want to talk about like some of the the more text technical aspects but yeah yeah no uh, i think it was shot really beautifully and um this i think suspense was like really top tier because usually when i'm sitting on my couch watching a movie i got i got something else looking at. i'm looking at something else but this one <laughs> this one i really was like don't worry what? <laughs> maybe i just really like when amazon has those fun facts on my phone while i'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but uh yeah no this one had me especially in the back half i was just like straight on like where is she going like what's she gonna do to <laughs> yeah. these people um the second the orchestral version of toxic oh, from Britney so Spears oh, came yeah. on I was just like well I'm in it <laughs> it's happening that was such a good song choice in that moment holy shit such a good so song good. choice yeah. yeah so good my only wish is that it played on for the whole movie. yeah <laughs> if only they had just laid it under the whole movie and it got louder yeah. and louder as the thing yeah. went on that's brilliant yeah <laughs> 
yeah, there's some other good song choices. I can't remember what they were, but that was definitely the best one. That 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 song uh just call me angel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. the Deadpool slash it chapter yeah. two song. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. The okay, so this isn't this is not my idea, but when I heard that song, like my first thought was like, oh, she's the angel of like vengeance or something. And then I went online to like look up other people's reviews of the movie. And someone was like, yeah, she's technically like the angel of revenge. She like goes down to these people. And if they want forgiveness or if they want to be, you know, redeemed, then she True. does it. And it's very easy, like she did for the lawyer man. But mm-hmm. everyone didn't. And I was just like, oh, I wow. like that. I like that yeah. stupid little whatever the word is called because I'm not smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one here is. Um, but yeah, no, like I was saying, it's like... Simile? Yeah, maybe. In it. Simile. <laughs> I don't know. One of those. Don't at me. I'll, I'll, figure it I'll out. D- deflect. Um, <laughs> uh, like I was saying, it is very like, I feel like in that sense, very Tarantino-esque where the protagonist sort of effortlessly just demolishes everyone. <laughs> everyone in their path not with like this not without stumbling blocks like she is fallible yeah. um yeah. but it is that systematic sort of takedown of all these people until the very end where mm-hmm. uh it don't work so good yeah um wow. but yeah before we talk about the end i'm trying to think if there's anything else oh i want to talk about bo burnham just his whole deal oh. yeah. um i actually kind of found his arc a little bit predictable um, just in the sense that the movie starts off with every dude being shitty and her whole thing is like finding these shitty dudes and getting them. And mm-hmm. so when you introduce Bo Burnham as the dude who seems like sort of infallible and very nice, I'm like, all right, he's, he's got, he's got a skeleton in his closet. <laughs> we're going to find yeah. out. I didn't expect it to be so directly related mm-hmm. to her thing, but when it finally came out, I was like, yeah, like I, I was waiting for it, Bo, and he delivered. Bo, can't believe you delivered, Bo. Yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. I, yeah, I guess I didn't see it so much because I think I was still like, when I was watching the movie, I really wasn't sure where it was going because, you know, right in the middle of her like hit list, she kind of weans off. She like deletes her fist face friender. Her book. friender, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and she throws her book away and stuff because she's, decided that she wants to move forward with her life. And I thought that's what Bo Burnham like was supposed to represent. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe I'm going to fucking bring this up because Matt Beebe wouldn't shut up about it. But Last of Us 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was explaining to me all about like the theme of revenge and how it's like something really toxic and it eats at you and you're supposed to like let it go so that you can move on. And I was like, oh, that's where they're going to go with this. This is actually turning into a rom-com because they show that whole montage of her like being happy and like actually moving on with her life with mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, so I thought that's what his character was supposed to represent. I thought it was like, hey, shitty things happen and you might feel like it's impossible to move on, but good things come in the form of Bo Burnham. Great. Um, <laughs> but then looking back at it now, yeah, I see it as like, oh no, he was like he was like her crutch. <laughs> he could have kept her from like he was her getting limiter. her revenge because I forgot this is a movie about revenge. So yeah. he's actually keeping her from doing her goal. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So yeah. it, 
it it was a good it was a good twist for me because I honestly didn't see it coming. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Um, I I, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't that surprised when it happened. <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I still thought maybe. I, I I'm more of a hopeful person. I was like, oh, they're gonna fall in love and be happy. That's your fucking mistake, <laughs> John. You gotta be a miserable son of a bitch. Yeah. Never trust Bo Burnham. Never too much trust for him. If he shows up to my house tomorrow, no, no thank, thank you, you, sir. Turn Why him you away. Here? Get out of here, sir. You get out of here. <laughs> shoot, shoot, Bo. shoot. Um, Can I just say I forgot about this? I don't like that Laverne Cox was like shoehorned into the role of like black sidekick best friend who really wasn't there for any reason except like perpetuating what her parents were telling her like get a she's better like, job yeah they're just know? like Be dish better. the wisdom yeah, interesting yeah and i was just like but i love laverne cox <laughs> like i wouldn't have even minded if laverne cox played like one of the people on the hit list i feel like that would have been a lot more interesting and a lot more like more in-depth useful <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she was just sort of there, there. to be yeah. there um which is unfortunate uh but yeah no i think the movie is all the better ultimately because bo burnham turned out to be a shithead um because i when the movie ended i was immediately like oh i don't think i liked that and then i did the same thing as you guys i started reading reviews and like reading articles about the movie and i was like oh no wait i actually really (laughs) liked that it was actually good um so yeah i I guess we can get to the decision that they they straight up kill a bitch. Um, I couldn't believe it. I was so ready for her to like get up like Jason Voorhees and machete that dude. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because um, you know how you know how she was gonna like uh, scar Nina's yeah. name into his chest or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that. Like I know she said it and I heard it, but it did not register to me. I was like, she's gonna slit that motherfucker's throat. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, she's gonna do it. She's gonna kill him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it'd be pr- too so predictable. When, at that so point. when he gets out of the the handcuff, I was like, "No, <laughs> no." Yeah, that was no, a pretty no. sad moment. Because I don't know. At that point of the movie, I was like, "Where does the where where do we go from here?" <laughs> like, is this just a sad <laughs> ending? Well, yeah, you expect that Tarantino yeah. ending where they do the the five point palm exploding heart technique, and we all go, "Yay!" The she won. Yeah. Um, but that's I think part of the brilliance of the ending is she gets her revenge but in like a way that's not satisfying um and i was reading a review that said like the the idea is that with real life things you know revenge isn't necessarily satisfying and especially with these kinds of incidents even if justice is served it's never served in a way that's quite satisfying so the movie does that by like giving you that little hit of like she got them but she paid the ultimate price for it. So it, it's that, that double beat of emotions that I really yeah, liked. I agree. It was satisfying for me. I I found the ending pretty satisfying. Um, Even through like, te- even though she's like, she's in the final scene through text, I, I guess, texting Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah, scheduled, scheduled texts. Text. But yeah, I, I liked the ending. Kristen, it seems like you're, you you need to say something. I, I have to let you I... go. I could not sleep. I literally went to bed at four in the morning. I watched this movie, by the way, yesterday at 12 in the morning because I had so much stuff to do that I was just like, 
it's fine. I'll watch it at 12. So I was up till four in the morning because I could not like, I, I couldn't get onto paper <laughs> why I hated the last like five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I still think I kind of don't like it, but I'll tell you why. So I'm trying to figure out what the message of this movie is like. And I think that if she had died and that was the end and the wedding goes on and that was it, I it would have been a different movie. Like, I understand why they didn't do it. But the message of that movie would have been like, this is the cold reality we live in. There are rapists walking among us. They get away with it. Very rarely do people, do women actually see justice for the horrible things that are done to them. But I was like, that's not the movie that Emerald set out to make. Emerald, the director, if we ever mentioned that. Um, Yes. um, This is a dark comedy. This is a power trippy fantasy. So I understand why they had her get her or everyone else get their comeuppance at the end. But then I'm like, what's the message then? Is it, is it that, oh, dead woman's word is stronger <laughs> than one who's alive? And also, like, I, I, I guess, like, she wanted the satisfaction of actually being there to torment Al, but she had the proof. She had the video. She could have just gone and, like, shown the video to anyone but again i know like i'm supposed to suspend my disbelief a little bit and that's not the point of the movie so i'm like what is someone tell me what the message is tell me right now yeah i wonder if like i don't know i wonder if she was alive showing people the video if she even would have gotten the justice for anyone like that's the fucked up thing yeah maybe she did need to be dead for anyone to care and like if 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 she did show the video, then it be- I feel like that it would have become like a court case yeah. drama. And it wouldn't have been the movie that we're watching right Evolves now. It evolves into the yeah, trial um, of the Chicago so, like, 7. The only reason why I can like rationalize this ending is that it's because it's a dark comedy. Yeah. And because they want to be like, entertaining, we're supposed because, to suspend our yeah. disbelief. I do like that pitch where uh, Mariska Hargitay shows up and is like, this is SVU now, everybody. <laughs> Another two Sit hours. Down. Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> Another two hours. Zach's the Snyder Cut, four hours well, long. <laughs> Snyder Cut of Promising Young Woman coming soon. Produced by Dick yeah. Wolf. <laughs> Executive producer, producer Dick, Dick Wolf. Yes. That would have been the biggest twist of all if this that movie ended with amazing. that title screen. Um, I, I love SVU. <laughs> but... Yeah, to get back to what you were saying, I I like I saw what they were doing as far as like a clever plot point of oh, he killed her, like he wouldn't go to jail for the assault, but like if he he literally did murder her, if they yeah. catch him then that's it. Yeah. So yeah. in that way I'm like, okay, so they got him. Like she she got him. Um but yeah, I I see how that sort of muddies the point a little bit and in in that way I would chalk it up to being like this is sort of it's it's not full-on reality we're living in here in this movie yeah yeah and i'm i'm down with that i can i've i've had a full 12 hours to sit with it and think about it and i'm happy with the conclusion i like it i like the ending even though i think the message is a little hazy yeah Yeah, i think 
the message is a little muddled. I, I'm going to bring up some complaints Miriam had because I think they're interesting. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. One was she wished that the main character was Nina and not Nina's one of Nina's friends. I was thinking about that because I was like, uh, why, why is this woman who was not raped going out there and putting herself in a position where she could be raped? And also, it's not even, I mean, I understand, like, the secondary pain of, like, knowing that your friend was hurt and therefore mm-hmm. you are hurt. But I, I agree, but... I think it's still like yeah. I don't know why. I I, I kind of disagree. I, I I mean I think it could have been good to Nina, but I still think they were able to make Nina's friend viable as well because at, at this mm. point, like they set up that they were they were friends basically for life, and the fact mm. that Nina passed away as well, like yeah, I could totally see her friend being best friend being traumatized because of that as well. So, yeah. 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 I I think like a solid reason not to have Nina as the main character is one that this movie is so careful. Uh they never say the word rape in the movie at all. Um and also they don't really show anything and not that they would have had to shown it yeah. with Nina, but having the revenge story be like that personal related to her like sort of becomes like girl with the dragon tattoo sort of territory. Uh, I see. Yeah. Uh like I don't I don't now, I think this is like in an, another way it subverts is that it's a sort of a subversion of the rape revenge film mm. and and that it's also because Nina killed herself um it it shows like a more stronger lasting effect mm-hmm. um that the audience can sort of latch onto instead of having so you can keep the the rape stuff invisible um but also have those stronger impacts um uh, so that's that's why I see I think the friend works a little bit better. I think it, it it gives a little, it lends a little more nuance in in my opinion. Also would. I changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Also, why would Nina like ever be, and I I think Nina's portrayed pretty well in that, like maybe rape victims probably aren't as up to like the revenge. Like they went through something really traumatic. Um, Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, who is, who is to yeah. say? We, we, yeah, can't we can't say. At least I don't think any of us could say. I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what are some of um, uh, Miriam's other okay. complaints so I can uh, destroy her with facts and logic? Um, God, I don't know what the other... I forget what the other one was. There was one more, but I forget what it was. All right, well, argument destroyed. Next. I didn't write it down. I just, I, I thought I wow. should bring these up, maybe, because I thought they were good points, but I, co- I completely blanked on the other one. My bad, guys. I'm bad at content. <laughs> Ruined. That's all right. Um, but, yeah. Let me the... see if I have anything. It goes on to a second page. Oh. Oh my wow. God! Plus, you're the most prepared big boy movies <laughs> person in the history of this plus. podcast. I'm not as eloquent as you guys, so I need to prepare what I'm gonna say so that I don't sound like a fucking that's, idiot. That's what I have to do for <laughs> movies like uh, The Princess Switch and stuff. I have to write notes just so I can make sure. That's true. We did both take <laughs> notes the for Princess the Princess Switch. <laughs> we did both take Wait, notes for Vanessa that. Hutchins? So never mind. 
Oh yeah, that's our Christmas I have episode. More notes than you have for this movie for Princess Switch. So I can't believe you didn't ask me to be on. I totally we watched should. that movie. Next, ne- next, next Christmas. Next Christmas, you can next get on board. Is Kristen the first? Next Christmas. Have we had someone else on twice, or is Kristen the first we've had on twice? Kristen is the first person wow. we've had on twice. Yeah. This is <laughs> huge. The viewers love me. <laughs> <laughs> the camera loves you. Uh, but yeah, anything, anything else in that? notebook you got that you find important i think i got nothing else to say about this movie besides that you should watch it she's just got a bunch of notches and john and i are the next two notches (laughs) yeah oh god (laughs) oh no that but that just entails me coming to your house and just being like rape is wrong okay don't do it uh be like, oh shit. And I'd sit on my couch for like three hours in silence. <laughs> That's probably what Christopher Chris really Claus just like did that for the next three hours, just yeah. eating chips or something. Just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, we get the spinoff movie about him after that incident. He's just sitting there like eating Doritos, like, fuck, man. <laughs> shit, I, I fucked up. Um, that is- actually. I sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I'll say real quick. That is one of the things where like because this stuff is non-physical, that stuff almost felt like a separate movie. Like someone came up with the idea of a movie where a woman like sets herself up to be assaulted and then does like a gotcha and then they had a better idea um and so they adapted it to that cuz like we ha- we haven't even talked about how she does her like bait and switch sort of thing, but like yeah, that part of the movie, I was like, "What? What is really the point of this here? Other than like she's like basically a sociopath. That's really all that sets up." Yeah, I I feel the same. I did not like the first half of the movie where she's going out and like trying to snatch guys and then pretend to be drunk and then scold them at home. I <laughs> I think yeah. I get it. Like I know I know it's like you know to instill fear that like you could have raped me and that would be bad and you better not do it again next time. But like that I felt like was so separated from the personal stuff she was going through. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. It doesn't even, I think we list. know that yeah. it doesn't even work well, I guess. Cause like Adam Brody's friend makes a return and like even mentions like, Oh, you're that crazy bitch that, I, that my friend was with Adam Brody. That like, yeah. yeah, so it feels like yeah. Adam Brody was just talking shit about her and not didn't really yeah <laughs> really take any notes or anything. Oh, the guy who plays Joe, uh, mm-hmm. he's Schmidt New Girl. I don't know if you guys watch New Girl. I've seen a few seen episodes. Yes. Yeah, I all I like I have nothing to add except that he's just playing Schmidt. It's like if Schmidt was covering up a murder. That's what it was. <laughs> and I feel bad because I've never seen him in anything else, but I'm just like, this is one tone guy doing the same exact stuff he did in the other. And I think he's the only reason why it became a dark comedy. Oh my God. Because <laughs> it was yeah. murder. And then I laughed right after it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Good yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Like, and, um, uh, oh, what? No, no, you go ahead. No, I was going to no, say yeah. something stupid. What if we just spent well, 20 minutes going, no, you go. I was going to completely change the topic, oh, so go. get that, get that okay, stupid comment. Okay, fine. I was going to say I'd never seen Carrie Mulligan in anything before, and then seeing her in Drive right after this, where she's basically like a lamp, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> was kind Different. of weird. That is pretty weird. Yeah, all I was going to bring up was that I watched an interview with the director and some of the actors, and the one problem I had with it, and like this is why I was circling back to like the whole 
message of the movie was that she said the only like the purpose of that ending was to spark discussion and that it would like leave a lasting impression on people she was just like you know like if she had won and not died you've seen that movie or if she had died you've seen that movie too like that's why I ended it the way I did and I was just like I don't think that's a good enough reason to (laughs) pick this as the ending not that it wasn't bad not that I don't think it has its own merits or anything but it's just like again what is the message? Someone tell uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> if Emerald can't even tell me, then who? Yeah. You definitely uh, you, uh, you shouldn't make movie choices just because it's different. I guess there should be <laughs> there definitely yeah. should be a little bit more yeah. decision making behind that. But yeah, some movie decisions you can make, I guess, because you want to differentiate yourself. But overall, well, I still like yeah. it. So you guys are wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I did like it. Uh, I like it. I no, like no, it. I'm I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I want to say to like that point also, it reminded me a little bit of the get out ending, um, where you almost get two endings in one where he spoilers for get out. (laughs) Um, he murders the girl and then the police lights come on and you're like, oh no, he's saved. Um, and that movie was literally changed at the last minute because in the original cut, he does get arrested for murdering the girl. Right. Um, and Jordan Peele did director's commentary and he basically said like, I made that original ending because I thought race. I thought we were sort of living in that post-racial America where people were pretending racism didn't exist anymore, and mm-hmm. so him getting arrested sort of shows that awful system. Yeah. But then Trump got elected, and he was like, "Okay, wait, no, it's actually pretty obvious." <laughs> so he gives he gives the audience that little like bit of catharsis where they, he mm. scares you with the police sirens, but then it's just his friend Rod. Um, yes. yeah. And so I feel like it's similar here, where like. It's not exactly the same because obviously she does fucking die, <laughs> but you get you get the tragedy, sweet. but you also get the little bit of catharsis. Where like, yeah. fuck you, Bo fuck Burnham, you. fuck you, yeah. get out of here. Um, yeah, I agree. Oh, oh Bo, I give me give me your next yeah. movie, Bo. I want it. Yeah, who knows what that guy? <laughs> In the next movie, he's a murderer. Straight he, he could up, do it. honestly. <laughs> yeah, he's doing sketch comedy and he murders someone right on stage. I, He's a vampire. He drinks their blood. I expect him to be come like an like. Uh, I have no clue what he's gonna do next. To be honest, he might not even direct a movie. He could just become like a train train conductor or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Next time you take the train, it's this giant man. <laughs> Ticket, please. Six, five. Six, six foot five. Yeah, he is very tall. He's I got to see him in person because I saw eighth grade like at a film festival where he was doing a Q&A after and he is tall yeah he's a tall man we saw one of his uh comedy things in college we saw him live uh, in yeah. college yeah his his yeah. last comedy tour before comedy destroyed him he had to move <laughs> on been destroyed. oh my god is that what happened I mean yeah basically because remember his whole last it's thing like... in the make happy tour was like I hate my life please <laughs> let me stop doing comedy please I hate comedy um, like that's the entire show yeah, and that's I why like he this. became a director yeah. instead because he just wanted to be like a director or like behind the camera he was sick of being the center of attention I feel like he... wow yeah. I completely missed the point of that last <laughs> comedy sketch I'm so sorry <laughs> I just laughed I it know. is funny I know it's also that's funny. what he wanted <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, it I was am funny. The sheeple. He uh, he he walked the line very carefully yeah, yeah. with that. 
but yeah, um, I don't have anything else to say. Anything else in your notes, Kristen? No, it's like honestly, it's it's almost an essay. <laughs> like the first page is me just being like, I don't like this. Why? And then the second page is me coming to terms with what I watched and then having to piece together why I actually liked it. <laughs> it's the kombucha meme, effectively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's great. We should we should each write, so, write yeah. essays every week for big boy movies and like post them on Twitter. <laughs> this, <laughs> this show would never get made. <laughs> Uh, also you haven't read some of my essays that i wrote in college which are just like word salad <laughs> yeah i'm not good at essays i'm pretty bad yeah we haven't done ratings in a while we kind of went away with them i gave this one four and a half i really I liked four. it oh shit yeah, four. yeah. um mm, four point eight nice <laughs> oh damn you popped <laughs> begging me out yeah but yeah so that's that's promising young woman. The epic prank YouTube video kombucha <laughs> of movies. Subscribe, like it, subscribe. You've already watched it. Uh, subscribe and like this smash video for that, more. Smash the bell button. to get the notifications. Is this on YouTube? Is this on YouTube? <laughs> it's on. Yo. It's on YouTube. It's on Yo, Twitch. It's on YouTube. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go check it out on Spoof, Spoofify. Oh, I I we, our podcast is not on YouTube, but it is on Spoofify and. It's Apple, on all your favorite Apple podcast Pootcast. services. Go check it out. Um, I think. I think um, one day, maybe for your hundredth or something, we should. Uh, I, we don't even have to rent out a studio. We can just have a nice little place meet up, and then we can just do an in person. Yeah. Podcast and yeah. then video record it, and then put it That'd on YouTube. I, I eventually, if yeah. I come back to LA one day, I want. We we used to do them in person and not record them video wise, but I, I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, if John ends up coming back, then I think we're we're gonna up some production value, time. which will be exciting. Um, oh my god! Wait, no, I got it. For your hundredth episode, we should go to Japan, oh. and we should record it in Japan and watch. That would be great. And then we should watch Fast and Furious, but not, oh, Tokyo, but not Drift. Tokyo Drift. Oh my god, no! It's like Godzilla. <laughs> we have to talk about the most American unreal. Like we're talking about some random movie. We're just, we're just in, in Japan, Japan by coincidence. <laughs> In Japan, talking about some kids' movie, maybe Despicable Me, Despicable yeah. Me too. <laughs> Yo, fucking! Oh, actually, yeah, Long Island Live. Long show. Island Live Ooh. show. If we got big enough, we could play the Paramount in Huntington, my hometown. Um, and I'll drink piss <laughs> all live on stage. Jeff to make us a headgum podcast, and then we can maybe get live shows. Yeah, yeah. Everyone harass Jeff on Discord and on Twitter. Um, but until next time, because we have to end this thing. Stay big, you beautiful people. <laughs>